0: Heavenly Father, you are amazing. We look at the world that you've made and we just praise your name. We give you, we give you honour for the wondrous things that you've done. And we think of Christ and we, we just thank you. Your love is toward us. has been unending. And we, we thank you for the way in which you work in the world to bring about your purposes. and um, We know that nothing can thwart you. Father, we look back at our own lives and see the way that you've worked in them and the way that you draw us to yourself and, and bring us into the image of Christ and we thank you for that. Father, we come here this morning, there are things upon our minds in the week, and yet we can take this opportunity to come before you and worship you. And Father, we thank you that we can do that in freedom. That we have this wonderful opportunity on this Lord's Day to gather together. Father, we're reminded of many around the world who don't have that freedom. Father, we ask that your children today might know that they are not alone, that you are with them and that we, their brothers and sisters, are thinking of them. And Give us opportunity, if it might be, that we might help them. Father, we live in a community which is, for the large part, not aware of you and we ask that you might use us to take your gospel to them, the good news of Christ. That it won't just be the words that we say, but our actions towards them. Many in our community, as well as amongst us, are lonely, they're discouraged, depressed, sick, hurting. And Father, we are called upon by your Son to be your hands and feet. And We pray that you might strengthen us by your Spirit and encourage us by your Spirit, that we might be going and helping in your name. We do bring those who are in those situations today and those who are amongst us. And we ask that you might heal in each of those situations and bring your peace. Father, in particular this morning, we give thanks for families and for marriages and we ask your blessing upon them. Father, I think of Faye Smith and her birthday today and I ask that you might give her just a great celebration and a wonderful year. Father, we think of particular those who aren't well and right at this time, like, Lord, I'd like to pray for Bob Weston. Father, she's just gone off to the hospital. I pray that you might give the doctors wisdom and that you might, through the difficulties that he's facing at the moment, bring both healing but an awareness of your presence with him. Father, I pray that you might encourage, strengthen and grow his faith through this experience. Father, I I ask that you might bring peace to his family who are so far away from him as they hear of what's going on with him at the moment. Father, we do think of the situations around the world which we really can't influence except in small ways. We think of those particularly who are suffering through the earthquake recently in China. And ask that you give wisdom to the authorities and that you might bring comfort to families who have lost stuff, lost family. Father, we pray for your church in that place and ask that you might encourage it and keep it strong. Help it to reach out and show your love to those in need. But as we come now and we have a look at your word, we ask that you might, by your Spirit, encourage us to be people who pray and people who have an attitude towards you of thankfulness. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Just going to come to our reading at the moment, which is from Colossians chapter 2, verses 5 through 15. Know that whilst we're reading this, this is just is to um, center our thoughts a little bit. Most of this series on prayer is kind of coming from a whole range of scriptures um, because the Bible has so much to say on it. So, for example, the word thankful in the NIV version alone is used in about 140 different places and then there's all the different variations of the word and then the concept that's there and so much of what we're doing is going to be looking at that concept that the scriptures teach us about being thankful in particular as it relates to prayer. We're going to read from Colossians chapter 2 verses 5 through 15 to centre our minds on, on some of the things that we are to be thankful for. Paul, writing to the Church of Colossae, says, For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted, built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled, your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead when you were dead in your sins and in in the uncircumcision of your flesh God made you alive with Christ he forgave us all our sins having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us he has taken it away nailing it to the cross and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Paul in the passage is giving, uh, it's like a broad swath of what God has done for them, encouraging them to, to respond to him with great thanks. The Bible in many places encourages us to be thankful. In Thessalonians chapter 5 it says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Colossians says in chapter 4, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Earlier on in Colossians he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. And he goes on to talk about giving thanks to the fathers through Christ. As we look through how it is that we are called upon to be people of prayer, what we're doing over this 10 week period is looking at 20 of the attitudes that the scriptures talk about that we as the people of God are to have. But well, more than that, I suggest that if we don't have these attitudes, we're going to find that we struggle with prayer. As, as I've heard people over the last few weeks, knowing that this conversation on prayer is coming up, they've said it's a struggle to pray. It's something I wrestle with. I'm not exactly sure what to do. Daryl talked about last week that it's this conversation that we have with God. And he discussed having this Attitude of honour towards God, that we worship him. And and if we acknowledge who he is, then it it strengthens our communication with him because we know who it is that we're talking to. Last Sunday evening we talked about being intimate with God, the fact that you need to know the one you're having a conversation with. You have to draw near to him, you have to search after him, you have to grow in your love towards him for that conversation to work. And we know that that's what happens in our everyday lives. If we don't really get on with someone, if we're not close to them, it's really hard to have a deep conversation with them. And today we want to look at this idea of being thankful. Please note, I'm not talking about giving thanks. In other words, saying the words. We're not just looking at this you know how you do A-C-T-S and you come to that, you do adoration, you do confession and you do thanksgiving and what you know is that when you finish confessing you have to say thank you to God for a few things. They're, they're words. And yes, that has to happen but what we're talking about is the attitude that comes behind them. Sometimes when we get to that part of praying, in fact with any of the parts of praying, we know what we're to do. If we've just read that we're to pray continually We're to give thanks. We know what's supposed to happen. But the issue is there's this attitude that it actually is supposed to well from. It's supposed to be the spring from which it develops. And if that attitude's not there, it's really, really difficult to enter into that conversation because we know in some ways we're just going through words and those words don't seem to go very far. If you like, there's not real impetus behind them. In some ways it's like when little children come to you and you give them something and they reach out to grab it, and you say, say, say thank you, and they just want to pull it away. And you say, say thank you. And they just want to pull it away, and you say, say thank you. Have they been thankful? And the answer is they've learned the habit of what they're supposed to do. It doesn't necessarily, unless the life attitudes of the family are such, they don't necessarily learn thankfulness. They learn to go through the habits having a conversation with one of my children last night we were going for a walk he joined me in my walk as I'm thinking through the sermon and I was talking about it with him and I asked him the question he was saying well you know we're talking about thankfulness and I said well I'll tell you this why when you get home and the kitchen bench is tidy and you know that it's been your mother who tidied it all up why don't you say to her thank you and this child has looked at me. I said, why don't you? He said, well, she likes doing it. <laughs> she, she doesn't do it for me. She doesn't it for herself. She likes a clean, tidy house. So no matter how often I would ask that child to say, thank you, the attitude's not there until he's actually learned something about the fact that he lives in a home. Now, get me, wonderful child. And you've probably worked out who it is because I've only got one son living at home. Um, but, and he's a very thankful child normally. But it just, it never hits that this is something I need to be thankful for. And I suppose what I want to do today is to see how can we as Christian people develop that attitude within us which gives thanks naturally. And then it's not a matter of having to go through this, this I'm going to say ritual to give thanks, but rather it's just going to flow because we actually are thankful. Now the scriptures tell us a few things as to what, what are the reasons, if you like, theologically, philosophically, behind why we don't give thanks. And I just want to cover two of them because I think in some ways these are two of the most important ones. Of those 140 verses, most of them point towards things we can be thankful for. So they tell to give thanks to God because of this, to give thanks to God because of that. But a couple of the verses, when it talks about being thankful, it puts it in the context of a theological discussion to talk about thankfulness as a counter to something or saying that this happens because we're not thankful. I just want to look at two of those. The first of them is Romans chapter 1, verses 20 to 23. One of the reasons why it is theologically, I think, that we don't and aren't thankful. It says this, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have clearly been seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were dark and though they claimed to be wise they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being in birds and animals and reptiles. One of the reasons that we struggle I think to give thanks is that if you like we have exchanged the glory of God. We know God but we've put him out of the picture in our lives and that's why we don't give thanks. If you like, I would suggest that one of the reasons we struggle to be thankful is that we fail to be aware of who God is in our life. We're doing the same Adamic sin of idolatry where we we'll replace him with something else. If we understood, this says, who God is, the result would be that we would A, glorify him and B, be thankful. But if we don't acknowledge who he is, then the result of that is that we aren't thankful. In this whole context of what he's talking about here, there's this this statement in Paul's theology that God is creator of everything and we are his creation. We live in his world, operating according to his laws. One of the reasons that the scripture says that we are not thankful is that in many ways we've taken on the thinking of the world around us and we've forgotten that it's his world. If you like, we think that everything that happens around us is not, well, it just doesn't enter our minds, that it only happens because of God's blessing towards us his giftedness to us the the bible talks about the fact that he sends the rain on the just and the unjust and we kind of think that rain happens and because it happens to everybody it doesn't necessarily mean that we acknowledge the fact that it's god's rain that he sends to us and until we recognise that, it's very difficult for us to turn around and say to God, thank you. Thank you for the rain. We live in a world which says to us, you have inalienable rights. And the Bible teaches us, I'm sorry, you have gifts. Gifts that God gives to you. Yes, he gives us as a world and, and, and as humanity stuff that we should be sharing with those in need so that there's enough to go around. But even as we receive it, it's not what we deserve, it's what we've been blessed with. In my conversation last night, one of the things we talked about was birthday gifts. Is our attitude of thanks for the birthday gift? Or do we just say thank you? And in our conversation, it became clear that, well, it depends. If it's family, well, they're supposed to give you a gift. You kind of deserve it, right? Because you're family. You give them one, they give you one. So the thanks side of things then comes as to whether or not they give you more than you deserve or less than you deserve. You deserve something. However, if a stranger or someone you don't really know very well gives you a gift, well, they're just blessing you. You can say thank you to them. And so I think it's the same sort of thing that we go through life and the stuff that happens around us, we actually think because we're human, because we're gods, we deserve in some sense that it's ours. We go to our job in the morning and we get paid and we say, well, of course I get paid because I did the work. We don't, every time the boss gives, well, I don't, sorry, Leona, gives us gives us our paycheck, get that thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It's like why did you deserve more than that? <laughs> because we worked for it. But this is God's world. And if we truly understand stood him as God, then we would understand that everything we have is a blessing from Him. That it's undeserved. And our natural response to that would be one of, thanks, that's amazing. I don't deserve this, but you've made me and you've put me in this place. Give me air to breathe, you keep me healthy. We think health is just a natural part of the way that God's made us, but the scriptures talk about, no. He gives, he takes away, he keeps us, he holds us together. If we we struggle to understand then who God is or... More so, they knew him, but they did not acknowledge that. If we fail to acknowledge that, Romans kind of says we're being idolaters. Basically, we are placing ourselves in a position where we think we deserve, and we don't. Now, I suggest to you that if we were to put God in the place and we understood all that he does for us, our hearts would much more naturally overflow with this attitude of thankfulness and we couldn't help but say it to him. It's like when someone gives you that... (laughs) Uh, Gentlemen, when you walk, if you're married, or even if you've just got a girlfriend, and you unexpectedly, for no reason, drop, unless you don't like killing flowers, give them flowers when they've done nothing wrong or you've done nothing wrong, which is more the point, and and just say, I, I, I love you, you get almost always, unless you've done something wrong, that expression of thank you, which normally results in kisses and cuddles. All right? Because it's not expected, but there's this awareness, there's nothing that I've done or there's no particular reason for this. And there's that thanks that I've said. It's like in most situations when when you're aware that this is a blessing and a gift, you actually do say and act those things. So if we're going to pray and develop that attitude which is consistent with the commands of Scripture for our benefit, to be thankful towards God, we need to develop within ourselves this awareness that absolutely everything that we have comes from Him. The second major issue that, that the scriptures bring up in terms of why we struggle to be thankful. I'm just going to pick one of the passages. Is Let's read from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul here isn't saying that you've taken God off his pedestal. But what you're saying is that you don't really understand God. Why is it that we're anxious about stuff when things are happening in the world around us? Why is it that we're worried? if we know and, and, and trust that God is the one who is in control of all things, then whatever situation we're in, is, we know that what comes to us is a gift of God, if we knew that God was doing things for our benefit and because he loved us, then we wouldn't have this attitude of being worried about what was happening. I don't know if you've ever been in a car that's moving very, very quickly around corners and through the traffic. Occasionally in my younger days, I used to drive like that. Now I'm much more sedate. I only go at the speed limit. But Sylvia, when she sits in the car next to me, when I was younger anyways, didn't seem to have any trouble when I was doing that. She'd say, I trust you driving. But there were a few people who she would sit in a car with, and the whole trip she'd be holding onto the side. And I know there are some people I drive with. Parents aren't here, are they? <laughs> My dad's in his mid-seventies now, and he's problems with his hips <laughs> and his knees, <laughs> and he can't get up and he can't get down. He hops in the car. and He wants to drive. He can't see very well. I'm holding on for dear life. Hasn't had an accident, but I'm concerned. because I'm not sure he's safe. Whereas if Phil's driving, even with the same movement, I don't hold on to stuff. I know she's got it in control. Why is it that we get anxious about stuff? Well, if if, if you think about it, it's because we're not totally sure that what's happening is for our good. But Paul says, do not be anxious, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, bring your request to God. In other words, if you know who God is and what he does in the world and that he gives good gifts and he's concerned for your welfare, then whatever situation you're in, it's for your benefit. James says the same thing in James chapter 1. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance, that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. He says, when you go through this stuff, count it a joy that God is working in your life to bring about you to maturity in Christ's likeness. He's doing it for your good. So if we're struggling to be thankful in situations, besides the idea that either life is fate or whatever, right, If we're concerned about it, we either think God's not in control or we think God's not doing it for our benefit. In other words, we have a wrong view of God. So taking these two things together, often I think the scriptures teach if we're not thankful in our lives, if we don't overflow with thankfulness, we either have an attitude of idolatry or blasphemy in that sense. We either don't acknowledge that God is God or we have a completely wrong view of who he is and we treat him as if he doesn't have the characteristics that the scriptures teach about him. So what do we do about this? What practical things can we do to develop within us an awareness of who God is and the fact that he loves us? That's why we read the passage from Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. Because Paul here says that you need to be rooted and built up and strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. And then he goes into this discussion about all that God has done for us. The prime way I think that we as Christian people can develop this attitude within us which just overflows with the expression of thanks to God is to bring before our minds constantly and purposefully what God has done. And we don't have time to go through that in many different ways today. But primarily the scriptures either talk about what God has made and given to us in the world or what he has done for us while we were enemies in Christ Jesus and what he continues to do for us in Christ Jesus. And it points out these two things and says, think on these. So if you're struggling in your prayer life to develop that, what the scriptures say is, think and dwell upon what God has done for you in the world and in what he's made. What I'd like to do now, just before we finish off, is to show a quick movie clip, if I can. Just to get you thinking. I'm struggling, sure would I have to be thankful for to be thankful for. Now all those things might not be true for you. But in your day there is so much that happens and don't think for a moment that they happen by chance. Don't think for a moment that they're just a part of living in this country. They're gifts from God. And we need to soak that in. We need to go through our day with that awareness that this is God's blessing for me, I don't deserve it but he's gracious towards me and it should overflow with an attitude of thanks to him with our minds and our hearts that is prayer. It should overflow with the words that we can't help ourselves when we think of the amazing wonder that has for every day, just with our everyday living, not counting the miracles that we see which are out of the ordinary and we will explode with this idea of thank you. So I challenge you over the next week in all of your situations and circumstances perfectly, purposefully have this attitude as you go through life of seeing what has God given me? How has he blessed me? And that will overflow in this attitude you really almost can't stop saying thank you. Because he doesn't have to give it to you tomorrow if he gave it to you today. You don't deserve it. As his creature, he willingly loves you. Second thing to do, if you're struggling, keep a journal. Keep a journal where you write down the things that God does, the things that you see, so you don't forget, so that when you get home in the evening, you can then spend some time saying thank you to them. In the busyness of the day, sometimes it's hard to remember. I know people give me birthday presents. I sometimes send out the thank you for about 10 years. We need to get into the habit of recording and making sure that we can remember to say thank you to God. God actually wants our thanks. He wants that praise. He wants that honour. And when we don't do it, he feels the same way as you feel when you don't get thanks when you've done something for Him. So, so write, write some stuff down and think about it that way. Thirdly, spend some time every single day in your prayers or before you pray remembering what he's done for you in Christ. One of the reasons I think that communion is good not just once a month but more often than that as a a corporate body. But in your everyday experience, go through every morning even though you know it so well. While I was enemy, he died for me. While I was against him, he sought me out. He's going to take me to be with him forever and give thanks And lastly, remember as you're doing this, not just to be thankful for the gift, but your thanks isn't because I got it, that's selfishness. The thanks is to the one who gives it to you. Remember to be thankful that God is actually in your life and be thankful for him and express their thanks to him. I suggest if we can do this over the next year, be constantly aware of this. We'll find that this affects our prayers in all areas because we'll grow in an awareness of who God is and where he belongs. And that'll change everything to do with our prayers. the end of this service, there's normally a prayer time up the front here. I suggest if you can think of things that you would like to be thankful for, not just be prayed with today, but that you want to give thanks to God for, then come up the front. Sit with someone. Sit on your own. And just say to God, thank you so much. It gets a bit noisy down there. So if you've been thinking about all the wonderful things that God does for you, there's enough chairs. Or sit on the floor, if you can and give thanks to God for what he's done in your life. Let's pray. Father, every breath that we take, every step that we make, through the difficult times, through the easy ones, in sickness, in health, richer, poorer, In all of these circumstances, you are good to us. We deserve none of the blessings that you send. Father, we acknowledge that even in those things where we think it's bad, you promised it's for our good and that you love us. We thank you. We thank you that every moment of every day, you watch over us with love, compassion, bringing us and moulding us to be what you've made us to be Father we thank you so much for making us thank you for Christ we thank you for the Holy Spirit who dwells within we thank you for the hope that we have thank you for our families We don't understand all that you do, Lord, and I pray that you might help us as a congregation, as a church, to be much more aware of your working in the world, that we might express properly back to you how amazing you are. Help us this day, through the busyness, to be aware of your love toward us, and your enormous blessings toward us. Father, we thank you for all of these things in and through the name of Jesus. Amen.